Imagine's Coaling Studio is where efficiency meets creativity. Our new integrated solution brings together our next level coaling algorithm along with in-app reviewing and AI editing in a single intuitive platform. Tailored for photographers who value both speed and personalized quality results, Imagine strives to enhance every aspect of your post-production process. Open the Imagine app and give the new Coaling Studio a try today. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. I'm your host, Scott Wyden-Kithowitz, a photographer and content creator who struggles with dyslexia, colorblindness, introversion, and anxiety stemming from years of being bullied as a child. Guess what? Workflows have been my rock. I have workflows for every aspect of my life. That's why I am so happy to bring you Workflows, a podcast presented by Imagine. As a company dedicated to saving you time and money in your photography business, it makes sense to enhance and expand the conversation to all things Workflows. Tune in and subscribe to hear stories, strategies, and tools that can be your rock. Hear from people just like you. Get to work with Workflows. This is part two of my conversation with Frederick Van Johnson from This Week in Photo. I hope you listened to part one already. And if you haven't, hit pause, go listen to part one right now, and then come back and listen to part two as we wrap things up about the future of photography. Without further ado, let's get right into part two right now. So um, as we get closer to wrapping up, the, the, last, the, the next thing we wanted to... Already. Um, the next thing we wanted to touch on was like, um, automation that we're seeing in album and book designs, you know, there's, there's a bunch of, you know, and and, you know, this whole, this whole conversation, yes, we started with AI, we've been talking about AI, but a lot of this is just automation. Automation makes our lives simpler, no matter what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I can program my garage door so that when I get home, it recognizes I'm home and then my garage door opens. Like automation is beautiful. So um, I don't do that because I don't want somebody random just walking into my garage. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it's possible. It's a thing. So anyway. Oh, it's a thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so album and book design. There's a bunch of different tools out there that do album and book design. Even now, some of these companies... Um, are starting to do social design as well, social media design, using their same software they built for album design to now do social design. So um, what are your thoughts on, on, on using these sort of tools to, to do client books, to do personal books, to do wedding albums, whatever it is? Um, uh, yeah, what do you think about those? Brilliant. It's brilliant and much needed. It's, a, it's, another, it's another thing, right? You feel like you know, I know a lot of photographers that I know will say, yeah, I got to I got to have my fingers on everything and I have to build my layouts and, you know, only yeah. I know how to do this. And, you know, that's part of my sauce. Yeah, sure. For those people, this is not for them because they find a happiness in building the ship in the bottle. Right. They find yeah. gratification in the journey, which there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But for the other people that find that drudgery, you know, that kind of work drudgery, I'm not creative. I don't know if I should have one shot on this page or three yeah. or, you know, in composition, she's looking that way. Should she be looking towards the seam of the book? You know, right. all these decisions that the software already knows and it can yeah. do that. It already and if the software can look at the shot, too, and place it in a frame on the page correctly, i.e. not cutting people's heads off and doing all of the right stuff. At the very least, 
it gives you hours and hours of your day back when it comes yeah. to lay, doing this kind of layout, right? And at the end of the day, you still have control over it, right? Because you, you, you know, you're finished and you're like, oh, yeah, I should, probably should put Aunt Jenny in that spot and let's move that one. Yeah. Or maybe this one would be better as a full page. But it gives you a, a brilliant head start, much like ChatGPT, yeah. right? If you're, yep. you, you got to, like for me, I had to write my intro for this last conference. Um, I could have written it myself or copy and pasted one of my old ones and changed it or done whatever, but you release chat GPT on it and it pulls something out that only needs a few minor, a few minor changes and total updates. Yeah. yeah. Don't fix that for me. Yeah. yeah my chat yeah. GPT dog. Um, same thing for these, for album design, these kinds of things, you know, just to the whole point of technology the one of the main not the not the only singular point but one of the main points of technology is to make our lives easier to free us up to do the the core thing that we enjoy doing that's what it is all this other stuff that's kind of hanging around like in photography right the our our core goal is to tell stories or create images that others enjoy that's it and and yeah. everything between that finished bit and what we see in our mind's eye is resistance, right? It's, okay, I gotta understand how focal lengths work. Okay, I gotta understand this. Oh, half press to focus. Oh, focus area this. Am I shooting raw or JPEG? You know, am I shooting high enough resolution? Oh, I have my images now. Now I gotta build an album from them. I gotta figure out the software to build the albums, you know, to give to my... All that stuff is drudgery in the middle. And when software can pop in there, and, and say, hey, Frederick, let me take that off your plate, man. You look like you're stressed, you know? Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Please take it. You know, you can yeah. do it better than I can. You take it. You know, I'm going to yeah. check your work, but you take it, you know, and yeah. we'll we'll keep pressing forward. So, yeah. no, I think those, those, I think we're at the beginning of those as well, right? Because as yeah. things, as things change and technologies change and new tools pop up for us as content creators to use, so will the the demand for how you present the final output change yeah. as well. And these companies will also hopefully follow suit and keep giving us great things. So, yeah, yeah. I'm bullish on the I, whole thing. I think one of the important words that you just used was layout, right? Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of album and book design tools and software, they use templates, right? Mm. Where it's, mm -hmm. here's your starting point. Drag your photos in, drag your photos in, or just... Add all, and that's it, right? And then you have to go and rearrange. Whereas the more modern solutions, the more intelligent ones, they're analyzing your your photos ratings. They're analyzing the um, the times of when the photos were captured. They're analyzing the aesthetics of which way they're looking, if you know, and if they're color or black and white. And then they're laying it out in a way that makes sense based on those photos, not just templatizing your yeah. your design and i think that's Which where and again as you said you can adjust but it's giving you that starting point that's more personal to what you actually shot and not yeah. just the template um yeah, yeah. So and if these and if these softwares can kind of either through input from you or just learning over time figure out what your preferences are yeah like yep. you know scott always does x y and z so i'm just gonna assume that he wants to do X, Y, and Z with these photos, right? <laughs> yep. You know, so yeah. if, if it's, if it has that, that level of ability to infer what the user wants to, then 
Yeah, I mean these these tools become like little assistants for us to yeah, let us or, do more in yeah. you know with less time. Yeah, or like um, Scott, for some reason you keep putting the person with the with the seam directly down the person's face. Stop doing it. I'm not going to let you do it anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Pro yeah. Prohibit yeah, one me of the from things, doing stupid things. <laughs> one. Of, it's interesting you say that. One of the things I was, I was speaking with the Exire folks on, and one of the things mm -hmm. that they're they're working on actually, and it's public, so I can say it. Um, is the idea of uh, using artificial intelligence, and this is going to be controversial, mm -hmm. uh, using artificial intelligence to judge photography contests. Oh, mm -hmm. imagine that's going to be very so, Yeah, Positives and negatives, right? So yeah. on the positive side, sure, it's a photo contest. You can give it the parameters of the contest. Um, you can... You know, do all all the rules can be baked in so that anything that doesn't adhere to the rules of the contest immediately reject it. What a great filter, right? Instead of us, this was supposed to be a contest about flowers. Why is there a car in here? Yeah, with a painted I mean, uh, flower first, on the side. As a, as a first pass, I can see yeah. that being helpful, just so I don't have to look at non-flower photos for a flower contest. Correct. But that's low hanging fruit, right? That first filter yeah. to to reject yeah. things that don't adhere to what the contest is about. Yeah. The second level is. Like you're saying, these AIs understand lighting, composition, exposure, you know, to some degree, creativity, arguably, right? So mm -hmm. they, and they can hopefully tell what is a, a, a good photograph, again, subjective, right? And controversial. Mm -hmm. What is a quote, good photograph versus what is a quote, bad photograph and say, okay, this one can go forward to the next stage because of these yeah. reasons, this one cannot. So, yeah, so it, I think though the tech can be used in some some uses to be a, you know, a, a standalone judge of a group of photos to say out of all these photos, these three are the best, you know, so winner mm -hmm. and I'm going to rank them like this. So you can do that yeah. instantly, I think. Should we do it? No, I don't think so. I think the way the, the technology should be used is a well. For one, I don't want a robot telling me what's good or not, right? I really value the opinions of other people and other humans that know photography, right? So I want that in there, not yeah. some machine-learned amalgam of, of, you know, data that you apply to my photo. I want, I want subjectivity yeah. when people are looking at my photos. So under that light, I think it's the, this, these, those kinds of technologies will very clearly have a dial of how much you want their input but they will be at the beginning of the flow. So maybe even yeah. at ingest, when you upload a photo right. instantly, wouldn't it be great for your, the software, yeah. the page that you're Denied uploading it's from, not a flower. To tell you, and why? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah to tell you. Yeah. No, this, this does not fit the criterion yeah. of this, the blah, blah, blah. Here's a yeah. reminder of the rules. Boom, go yeah. for so, it. So right? that I could see being very useful. Um, to me, as I'm, I'm somebody who, I don't like photo contests personally. I don't mm -hmm. submit to photo contests because I don't enjoy them. Um, um, but to me, if I was to submit to a photo contest, I would want to be told ahead of time, you know, we are using AI to either prevent, prevent, um, you know, uh, inaccurate submissions or whatever you want to call it, or, or I would want to be told your photos are being judged by AI, like not by yes. humans. 100%. Cause that, that makes a big difference of whether somebody's going to submit or not for sure. No, hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah. It should yeah. be. I think it should be disclosed wherever used. To be honest with you, yes. I think you yeah. know it should wherever AI is being implemented to a degree, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't need to know that it's 
you know, helping me, you know, it's, I'm, and I'm sitting in a public space inside and AI is helping regulate the temperature in that room. I don't need to know that, you know, right. that level. Right. But if it's something that's more sensitive, like it's judging a photo contest or it wrote some copy that I'm reading that I could make the assumption was written by a human, I would, I, I feel like right now at this stage in time, I want some sort of marker on there that says this was at least partially assisted by artificial intelligence or written completely by artificial intelligence. Same with images, right? I yeah. want, I want, you know, as, as mid journey and all of these generative AI technologies get better and better, the distinction between what is a real photograph and what is uh, what doesn't exist in the world anyway <laughs> is yeah. becoming harder and harder to discern. So I, and I don't know even, I don't even know if this is possible, but I want some sort of marker on images or somewhere on a page that where necessary, not always, but where necessary, that gives me a hint of, oh, this AI was involved in this composition. Yeah. If it makes sense, right? If it's, if, for example, here's where it would make sense. I'm looking at a magazine, um, and who reads magazines? But I'm looking at a magazine, <laughs> and there's a shot of some delicious, delicious chocolate cake in there for a Betty Crocker ad, right? And the, and the whole thing could be AI generated. I have no idea if it was or not, because it looks photorealistic, right. looks delicious and all that. Uh, if it was generated by AI, because it's a cake that they're trying to get me to buy or a cake mix, I want to know. It should be disclosed. Yeah. I wouldn't disclose it. If it's just a photo of a birthday party with a kid in there and there's a cake on the table and it's not about the cake, then I don't care. It could be that, that cake could be AI generated. I don't care. It's yeah. in service of the story. But I think we need a yeah. level of disclosure and genuineness uh, as we as we start to move forward with this stuff. And it, and it takes root. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think if it does get incorporated into magazines like that, uh, it's going to quickly filter out the ethical versus non-ethical publications for sure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The ones who don't disclose when it comes to important things like an ad, for example. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see a whole, here, here's an idea. Maybe you could do this. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see a whole satirical AI-driven magazine, much like The Onion, but AI-driven with real... <laughs> With gener like fake news stories, Everything. but in yeah. AI generated photographs to go along yeah. with <laughs> to illustrate it. I want to see that. You know, that'd be interesting. That, yeah, someone's got, someone's going to do it. It's only a matter of time before somebody does that. 100%. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so is there anything um as that's to uh, to wrap things up? Um, you know, is there anything going on with at, over at Twip, uh, at Flickr, at SmugMug? Anything that you want to share that um that's going on on your, on your side of things? Uh, not particularly, uh, you know, one thing I would just throw out there and I have a question to throw back at you. Um, yeah. what, one thing I would throw out there is about Flickr, right? I've been talking mm -hmm. since, since the acquisition happened about a year ago, I've been talking a lot about Flickr and speaking with a lot of different people about Flickr and yeah. you know, the consensus, general consensus is, Oh, Flickr, they're still alive or, <laughs> or, it's either that or I still use Flickr and I've been using Flickr since yeah. the beginning of time and I have no intention on stopping using Flickr because mm -hmm. it is my operating system for my photography uh, or sharing my photography. So one of the things, you know, part, and I was in that first group. I, I've, I've kept, since 2008, I've had an active Flickr account and I've had an active Flickr group. My Flickr group for This Week in Photo has over 100,000 people in there. You know, it is, it's, not, I think it has over 100,000, maybe 100,000 images. I don't know. I have to look. 
but it's not insignificant, the number mm -hmm. of people that are active in inside of Flickr. And what I would encourage folks to do is well, do what I did. So at one point I was like, okay, I, let me let me bear down and and get reacquainted with how Flickr works because mm -hmm. I had fallen off the path. I was one of the early users, 2008, right, of Flickr. And I remember how I used it then and that, why I fell in love with it then and where social media and image sharing kind of veered off to, right or wrong, is different than what Flickr kind of laid out as the path. And Flickr laid out this whole idea of groups and individuals that are communicating about a tip particular type of photography, subgenre of a genre of a subgenre of photography. And there's a giant group around it that love that and they interact with each other. So the, the community associated with that and that feedback, I feel like is part of what's missing with the, with the hashtags and the likes and all that yeah. of today. Just that, yeah. Just like I, I remember back in the day, I was living in Los Angeles. I wanted to be a headshot. I wanted to start shooting headshots, and I did. So I was shooting headshots for actors and actresses down there. And as a as a, a new guy to Flickr, I was like, okay, I have this set of, of photos that I did of this particular person. Let me just upload them all to Flickr and let the community tell me which one is best. And that's right. the way I used it, almost like as, a, as an AI, right? I upload yeah. everything. And then it, we evolved past that with like 500px and those kind of initiatives where it was only upload the best of the best and get right. feedback on that. So right. I applaud that direction, but the the lack of community is what's I feel like missing in a ton of photography today. This is why I started up the Twip community because there's the whole part of photography is just interacting with other people. It's not a sport where you can just go shoot and enjoy your the fruits of your labor and then go on to the next thing. It is conversational, it is educational, it's psychological, it's all yeah. these things that only a community can bring out. So yeah, I would encourage people to go check out, if you haven't, if you still have your Flickr account, I'd go dust it off and go go back in there and see why you fell in love with it in the first place and use it. Um, I am not paid to say that. I, I don't have to say anything <laughs> about Flickr if I don't want to. It's not part of my agreement, right? Is to talk great about Flickr or SmugMug. But the reason I signed on with and aligned myself with both companies is because I believe in what they're doing and the software yeah. is amazing. So yeah, definitely, definitely go check it out. Um, you know, it, it doesn't just, cost anything. You know, so yeah. I, just, I, I just kick the tires. Right. It is. They still do have the free plan. I just, mm -hmm. um, so I'm on the free plan. I haven't had a pro plan in, in a long time, but um, I, I just pulled up my, my, my profile. I've been a member of Flickr since August, 2005. Wow. Before me, before <laughs> me, right? See, and that it's a and long you time. Yeah, and you could have canceled your account, you know, for whatever of reasons, course. you know, and and a lot of people did, I think, because of the, the Flickr was a hot potato back in the day. It was first it was independent, yeah. and then it wasn't. It got bought by Flickr by yeah. Yahoo, and then they didn't know what to do with it, and then Yahoo, and you know, fell on rough times, and they sold that off to Ver so yeah. Fl Flickr off to Verizon. You know, all these different, yeah. different things that happen. Smug Mug, just just in their credit, right? And the folks that have managed Smug Mug. So Smug Mug looked at Flickr and didn't. I don't think they looked at it from the standpoint of, oh, we can take this thing and you know flip it and generate a gazillion dollars. Because if they oh, were yeah, thinking no, that, no. yeah, if they were thinking right. that, they could have probably done something similar to that by funneling 
the gazillion Flickr members into Smug into Mug. Mug. Yeah. They didn't do that. Yeah. They didn't do no. that. And their reasoning, I'm told, was they they love photography. You know, Smug Mug was one of the reasons I, I wanted to be part of that company. They genuinely love photography. Yeah. And they saw Flickr as part of photography history and history. lore. Yep. And they felt and all those images and just memories yeah. that were just on on the event horizon getting ready to be sucked into the black hole. So they yeah. were like, you know, let's save it, you know, and and yeah. and make sure that it's going to be around for generations and generations through infrastructure and all the things that they did when they yeah. bought it. So they modernized everything, bought it or they bought it, then modernized everything, yeah. put it on, you know, the correct servers and all that. And. Boom. And it's off into the races. Yeah. And speaking with them, I had a, a conversation with the CEO and speaking with them, um, I, I said one of the fears is, yeah, it's going to go away. You know, there's all these also rands out there. There's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's mm. 500 PX. The list goes on and on of people that are trying to get our images, notwithstanding Adobe and Apple and Microsoft and Google also trying to get our images. Why mm -hmm. would I put them on this service over here that was a hot potato and all that? So they explained that, the without going into it exhaustively, but they explained that they have a commitment that Flickr is not going away. Flickr is going to yeah. be, be around Ever. for our kids and yeah. beyond our kids. And they've taken yeah. steps to make sure that happens. When right. I heard that, I was like, it's no, if for that alone, it is yeah. a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have to worry about it, right? At uh, at Imaging USA, I had the the I was lucky enough to sit sit in with a conversation with Ben, um, and and he he gave me the whole the whole spiel, <laughs> the whole backstory. Mm -hmm. of, oh, Ben McCaskill, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He gave me the whole story about how the whole Flickr thing happened, and I it just it not only is it fascinating, but it gives me even more respect for the team at Smug Mug, yeah. um, everybody at Smug Mug for. Um, putting so much care into photography and what photographers have done for history, right? That's right. Um, so yeah. it's yeah, amazing. I don't think you're going to find a company with an executive team and a founding team uh, that are more passionate. And I would go out on a limb. I, I very rarely make definitive pointed statements like this, but knowing those folks and knowing what they're doing, what they could have done, and how much money they could have made, right? Uh, yeah. And that they, despite all that, that sort of the cash grab that was right in front of them, they, I argue that they did the right thing, you know, on the mm -hmm. Flickr side and just on the management of the company side. The company has, yeah. Smug Mug has managed to remain private through all mm -hmm. these storms, through, I mean, yeah. the photon torpedoes that have been shot at Smug Mug are endless right <laughs> right from patent troll suits to you know infrastructure you yeah. need to make sure that that's modern and and humming along to advancing the platform while running photographers businesses and making them money you know yeah. and and keeping the eye on the ball which is the people that are customers of both of these companies well all three now including this week in photo are passionate photographers right and i'll you know inside baseball one of the mission statements for smug mug flicker and now this week in photo is to make the world and this is the quote this is this it's on the wall right to mm -hmm. make the world a better place through the power of photography that's yeah. the mission that's what guides yeah. everything you know is to make the world a better place through the power of photography my mission yeah. statement for this week in photo 
is and was to entertain, inspire, and educate, you know, however you want to phrase those three things, depending on the usage, but to entertain photographers, so entertainment, inspiration, and education. And I've, I've found over the years that when you mix those things together, you get magic because photography fits right, right in there with that. So, yeah. Yeah. But to throw the question at you, I wanted to throw at you is, um, you know, the company that, that you have hitched your wagon to over there. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I, this could be a whole separate interview, but I wanted to just kind of go into that world of, yeah. of what Imagine is working on and what your, mm-hmm. you know, wh- what your contribution is over there. I'm curious, you know, from a photographer standpoint, but then also yeah. from a, somebody that's in the industry that is working with companies that build great tools for photographers. What are, what are you guys working on over there? Yeah, so um, imagine three years ago started um, doing AI photo editing, right? We learn how photographers edit in Lightroom Classic and create what we call a personal AI profile. And then uh, once that's made, it takes less than 24 hours. Once it's made, we can then edit super fast. We can edit uh, 1,500 photos in less than 10 minutes. So, um, and it's only getting faster and faster and better and better. We do a whole wide range of things, including subject mask, automation, um, and, um, um, cropping and straightening and, and do global, you know, global edits. Uh, we, we do so much and it's it definitely been saving photographers a ton of time. Um, months back, we also announced and people have been testing our, uh, AI culling or photo selection software. We're actually like analyzing the photos and, um, determining, not saying like, this is bad, this is good, you know, like. We're basically just saying, like, these are the ones that we suggest as your keepers. But we're still giving you everything. So you can still review everything to to make sure that, you know, we're not overlooking something. And um, that's been an ongoing thing. It's That's in beta. It's available to to all paying um, customers right now. Um, So we've had editing. We've had culling. And what we're doing is we're basically bringing everything into what we are calling a workspace. So... um, this is basically representing natural evolution of our of our uh, software solution, which streamlines every aspect of a photographer's post production workflow. We've already started this process by integrating culling into editing, so somebody can uh, upload their photos to us and have the culling done, and then review that in Lightroom, review that in Photo Mechanic, whatever you want, and then quickly without re-uploading, just choose what you want to send um, off to editing. It's painless. Um, so we've, we've been weaving the science um, that we've been building into a photographer's workflow. And so we're, basically what we've got is this whole roadmap of, of post-production tasks that can be conquered in super fast lighting speed, precision, all using AI and automation um, wow. and facilitating um, the the uh, ability to um, get post-production work done faster and safer, secure, um, so empowering that's, like, photographers, basically. That's the, it yeah. sounds like what we, we were talking about before, right? That's what technology is for, is to yeah, take things yeah. off of your plate so that you can, the thing, presumably the thing that you love doing is shooting, right, as a photographer, or maybe it's post-processing, yeah. I don't know, you know, but for the most part, I think the common denominator for most photographers is we love taking photos and the other the other part of it is we love sharing those photos and everything in yeah. between that is, you know, has varying degrees of difficulty, depending on, you know, yeah. where, where you find joy. 
Um, but you know, what I'm curious about from, from mm -hmm. your software standpoint is take like, who is it for? Like, is it for yeah. event photographers? Is it for wedding photographers? Is it for headshot or portrait? So, you know, yeah, it's interesting. Who? So we, we, when we originally came out, we originally, um, create the software for wedding photographers, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we've come to find, there's all sorts of photographers that are using Imagine. We've got sports photographers. We've got um, NASCAR photographers, literally NASCAR photographers. Um, wow. We have, um, you know, family portrait photographers. We have theater photographers that are using Imagine. So it really, a lot of headshot photographers, right? We've got mm -hmm. the wide range boudoir. You name it, they're using Imagine. So wow. we are built for... Um, Bulk photo editing in whatever capacity is needed. Bulk could be five photos at once. Bulk could be a million photos at once. It doesn't make a difference. Um, we can handle as little or as much as as, as needed. Um, and it's just a matter of right now we support Lightroom Classic. We have we are working towards supporting Capture One as well. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. But but uh, but yeah. So so I, take me through that just real quick. I know we're we're yeah. out of time, but I'm curious because yeah. I I want to use the software, right? So. <laughs> so if I'm shooting portraits or let's say I'm doing a, a model shoot, right? Yeah. And we're, we're taking photos on this, you know, in Sacramento or whatever. I come back with my memory card. I, you know, I'm shooting Nikon. I don't have camera to cloud. So I come back with my memory card and, you know, at that point of ingestion is where it's going to go on my hard drives and get replicated and do all the things. And I'm going to bring it into Lightroom Classic. So currently... The, my flow would be, okay, all right, I'm going to sit down, got my glass of wine, okay, import <laughs> my photos, let's yeah. go and, and do a first pass mm -hmm. and basically find the photos that I feel like uh, are worthy of me taking to the next level, i.e. working right. on, cropping, you know, adjusting, removing, et cetera. Um, and that's, that's basically where it goes. So I work on those and then those go into a finished folder and then I put them on, you know, smug mug and send the person a link and... Mm -hmm you know, all the things, how does Imagine fit in that flow, in my flow? Yeah, so, like, where would yeah, I so plug you in? What you would do is, you once you import into Lightroom, right, before you even do anything else, right, um, to any, any reviewing of the photos, before mm -hmm. your first pass, you would, um, you'd import into Lightroom, you would then open the Imagine app, and you would upload your, that entire folder, or the collection, whichever you work in, um, up to Imagine, and let it do the first pass for you. So what you're from, doing from is within Lightroom or as a separate app. So outside so it's a separate of Lightroom, app. separate app. It's a separate okay. app. Yeah. Yep. But it 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 directly reads your catalog information. Okay. Um, and you would literally send us the folder. Uh, we would we would upload smart previews if they exist. If they don't, we make our own our own temporary smart previews. We upload those. Um, our calling AI will will analyze it. Give give you back the um the information. You would download it. If your Lightroom um, preferences have XMP turned on, XMPs will be made. If they don't, we'll just inject it into the database of Lightroom and they'll show up anyway, either as stars or colors. So there's, there's your first pass. You now go back to Lightroom, wow. review the data. Um, you can go through and make your second pass at this point. Now it's you doing it, right? You're getting back involved. We're, we're letting you take, you know, it's your creativity. You don't need to, you know, be... Uh, totally hands off. Maybe one day you, you will trust it, but right now you don't have to. Um, and uh, and so you do your 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 fine tuning of the coal, and then you go back to the Imagine app and say, "Okay, I've made my changes. Everything five star is what I want to edit." And now it 
re-uploads back the metadata just to see what, what was changed. Um, then that takes two seconds, just as a text file. And then uh, it goes off to editing just the way that you would edit. Um, and then again, in a couple minutes, it'll be done. You download it back to Lightroom and you'd open up Lightroom and see them popping it in. Ready. So, so, <laughs> yep. so is the idea with Imagine to get me to, so help me with culling, of course. Um, yep. But, and, you know, on the helping me with culling, is it, it, does it learn over time what I like based on what I've rejected and what I've kept? And, right. and, and so, can I tweak it? So can I say like, personally, I, you know, if I'm shooting a model session or something, mm -hmm. I may favor towards uh, my 85 mil lens and a blurry background. And I always want the nearest eye to be right. tack sharp focused. Those are three main right. things. Can it, can it key on those? So right now, uh, it doesn't personalize culling. Um, that is something that we will get to uh, once we okay. are once we are happy with the overall output for majority of our you know of the Imagine users. Mm -hmm. At that point, once we're happy, we take it out of beta. Now we can then turn on personalization, and then it'll learn from your your needs. But we are holding off on enabling personalization until we are happy with like the general output um, of what it's doing for everybody. That's but so the cool. editing is a hundred percent personalized. So editing wise, it will learn your what. It'll learn from from what I like to say from A to Z. A being what you do in camera, and Z Z or Z being um, the uh, the final edit. So it'll learn everything that you do, and and just do it for you. And so it's an again, it's not it's to consistent. it. Yeah, it's all non destructive in Lightroom still. So it's not you're not. It doesn't have to be the end if you don't want it to be. You can still do blemish removal in Photoshop if you want. You can still do blemish removal in Lightroom if you want, or use portraiture or whatever it is. You can still keep going. Um, to further enhance the photo for your creative needs. So it sounds like what I said earlier about how I used to use Flickr back in the day as mm -hmm. as like a, a crowdsourced culling tool to tell me what shots are great. Sounds like Imagine is doing that now. So I can upload my my headshot shoot of, you know, actor ABC on the beach. Mm -hmm. I can upload all those photos. It's going to initially go through and tell me which ones I should care about and work on based on smarts and then apply some corrections to those selects at the end and then present those back to me so now i have a starting point of really great images that have that are almost ready to go then i can go in and do some final cropping or i want this like this or i want to make this one for TikTok, whatever so i can do all that stuff later but it gets me yeah. to the point where all these photos are good and all these photos are we've edited them to make sure that they are ready for you to add your special sauce to, right? Is that, is that yeah. accurate? Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so it, the calling and editing are two separate things. You can do one or the other, but it's part mm -hmm. of, you could do it either separate or you could do it together. It's, it's, that's the whole thing we're going with this sort of integrated experience. Um, so that it's all one and it, we're not ending there. You know, we're, we're going to be adding features to be able to send your final edit to your gallery automatically. You know, so if you're, um, you know, hopefully at some point we're integrating with SmugMug and, and any other potential gallery solution that, that wants to integrate, we'll, we'll be able to send it off to you. Um, but also from the ingestion side of things is um, part of this new, um, this direction we're going is being able to be a photographer's additional disaster recovery solution. So right now, a lot of photographers are using SmugMug, for example, to back up all their JPEGs, right? Yeah. Um, because Smogma makes it really easy to do so, especially from Lightroom. 
So we're making it easy for photographers to also back up their raw files as they're going to upload for culling or and or editing. We could back up your raw photos for you at the same time, right? So, so that's also and where the do those go? go? If I'm, if I'm backing up my raw files, where, where are they? Yeah. Where those files live? So that would go to the Imagine servers. So we've got, oh, um, okay. yeah, so we have Amazon AWS servers that, that we yeah. utilize, you know, the, the super high, high production, secure servers. And um, yeah, nobody has access to them. They're very safe. Just, you know, just like, just like a Flickr or a Smug Mug. They're, they're in cloud servers and they're, they're secured and, you know, all that stuff. So it's, um, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, SmugMug has a, that I, I learned about uh, relatively recently, a couple months ago, there's a service um, that SmugMug doesn't promote a whole lot. So this might be like a, a, a hacker insider tip. But yeah. if you look on SmugMug and you search for a, a feature called SmugMug Source, it yeah. will um, allow you to upload your raw images and store them on SmugMug in perpetuity. Right. right? So mm -hmm. when I learned about that, along with all this Flickr stuff, when I learned about that, I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, backblaze. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah. There. So I don't know that they want the word to be out there that widely, you know. But yeah, it's totally possible to throw all your raws up there and have them accessible to you and not worry about oh, I got to put a yeah. Drobo here or oh, not Drobo right. or Synology. That's the thing. You know? That's the thing. Is is um, disaster recovery is becoming even more important as yeah. um, I feel like in many cases, consumer hardware is getting poorer and poorer in quality, right? Hard yeah. drives, mm -hmm. hard drives fail. I mean, Drobo went out of business. There's so many, so many um, risks of having your, your raw files only in a local device and or on one cloud solution. Like to me, it's like um, there was a time where where I had SmugMug and I had Backblaze and I had Dropbox and I have like the more the better in 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 my opinion, right? And right, then have right. the JPEG somewhere else, you know. So it, it's you you can't have too many, and if they're if they're affordable, you know, if cloud is more it, in some cases for some people, cloud is more affordable, and having these expensive NAS drives and all these additional hardware in your in your studio in your house, so. Yeah, um, I'm very sure. excited about about the future of of backups in, in everything, because I feel like it's, it's all headed in good directions and it's only in the photographer's benefit, which is no 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it, you know, I'm, I'm weird. But for me, I, I feel like everything you said is 100 percent true. You know, backups in the cloud on, you know, your servers on Smug Mug, where, you know, yeah, anywhere but here, <laughs> basically. Yes. You know, I yeah. want them to live and I want them to be accessible because I think what a lot of photographers are solving for is what if my house just implodes on itself and yeah. falls into a poltergeist black hole or something, right? Where yeah. and all my computers. Well, you're in are California, gone. it could. I, I actually live in Cuesta Verde. I'm just saying, no. <laughs> but what was that sound? Um, but Not yeah, but yeah, no, totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, but we're solving for that. If something catastrophic like that happens, uh, the one thing that we, uh, well, one of the things that we are going to be most stressed about is our photos and all that stuff. So having yeah. it offsite in the cloud makes a ton of sense. But also what I'm solving for is just being able to get stuff instantly. So like for yeah. me, I want local, 
I want everything, mm-hmm. all my stuff local, and I want to be able to access it. And yep. that's mainly because what if a company goes out of business? What if a company gets ate, eaten yeah. by another company and that company doesn't think that part of the business is important and they shutter it? Now I got to scramble and figure out a solution, which is not to say that's going to happen to any of the companies we've mentioned. But, you know, Paranoid Frederick and my photos, yeah. I want local. But then yeah. I want it in the cloud, too, on the these redundancy. other areas. The redundancy. Yeah, the redundancy. Yeah. 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 Redundancy and access yeah. and safety. Like yeah. uh, my friend Alex Lindsay um who used to be on twip you know one of the founders of twip um he he would say that data doesn't exist unless it it exists in three locations simultaneously yes you know yep. which makes sense so it needs to you know or a photo let's say a photo needs to be on your local drive here uh on like you said on your dropbox or maybe at a friend's house maybe you guys are mirroring drives and doing that dance or at grandma's or your parents or something. So there's another copy of it. And then there's a copy up there in the, in the cloud as well. So if something happens on earth and those things go away, you still have your cloud backup. Something happens to the cloud backup. You have one of those. So you get the tripod of stability, which I think is, is really, really important. I've lived by that since you said that it just, it's made sense, you know, to kind of follow that that rule of thumb. I I, I've been using the three to one rule, which is very, Basically, it's the same thing, it's, but it's mm-hmm. spelled out as basically three backups, two of which are local, one is cloud. I've been looking at it more as at least three backups. Um, I have, I do have two local, but I would say one local at a minimum two clouds because, yeah. again, clouds are clouds are safer in the long run, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. hardware it's gets, gets safer. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. It's safer, but it, if, depending on who you are and the volume of your yeah. photography, yes. part of the yes. hard part could be getting your photos up there in the first place, right? Yeah. So if you're yep. you're shooting, you know, a gazillion images every weekend on weddings or whatever, and you're still yep. trying to upload, <laughs> you could never catch yeah. up, right? Because you're See, you're I think filling that's, the that's bucket the faster than you can empty it. So. Yeah, but that's the that's the beauty of how Imagine is doing it is we're building it into the workflow. So when you're going to upload your six thousand photos you shot at the wedding to Cole, right? Initially, we're backing up your raw photos at that point. Beautiful. When you're Beautiful. Up- uploading to Cole, it's backed up. A- again, this is not yet. This is the future. This is what's coming. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you can go into edit, and again, your photos are still backed up. So if something yeah. happens, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's important. let's. Yeah, definitely. Um, to wrap things up, I want to just say from the um, Workflows podcast, the Imagine side of things, please definitely go and check out TWIP, uh, This Week in Photo. Um, listen to all of Frederick's episodes. Um, check out the website. Check out the community there. And um, that's what this is about. This is about, um, you know, introducing for everybody who d- in on, on the Imagine side who hasn't heard of This Week in Photo to... Um, to definitely go and check it out. I've known Frederick Likewise. for a long time. A so. long time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. It's been forever. Yeah, I think yeah. I had I had more hair back when we first met. Wow. Same. A bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. And you know, you know, I would I would throw it back at you know you as well. You know, for the the folks in the this week in photo listening audience that are listening and watching this, you heard what we talked about, right? With how imagine kind of fits into the workflow of what you're doing depending on what your genre is yeah i mean you can't not check it out right i mean and one of the people behind the company scott here so you know they're they're genuine people 
doing genuine things that are genuinely in service of making the world a better place through the power of photography, right? And making your, your journey in photography a little bit easier, a little bit more pleasurable, using the tools correctly, AI, mm -hmm. using AI tools correctly to help you be better at what you're doing. Yeah. Like in the case of Grammarly, um, I talked about in the beginning of the conversation, how Grammarly has helped me become a better writer because yeah. it's low key showing me what I'm doing wrong repetitively yeah. so that I'm <laughs> fixing it, you know, as I go along. Yep. Same thing with what you guys are doing. I see parallels there like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm always overexposing because it's always needing to, it's always <laughs> pulling my exposure back a little bit. Maybe I should work on that, you know? Yeah. So those sorts of things. So I would, I would, I would say partner, don't vilify AI you know, and the technologies that, that the various tangents that AI is comprised of, don't vilify it. Now is the time to be educated about it. Whether or not you're, you're going to dive in and become a, you know, a proponent of the technologies and all this stuff, but dive in and understand how this stuff works and how people are using it. On the, on the, on the, the bullish side, figure out how AI can make you a better photographer using software like Imogen, using you know, the different tools that are avail available to you, figure out what it is you want to be as a photographer and how these new technologies can now kickstart what you're trying to do. These are texts that, that, that Ansel Adams didn't have, right? Mm. <laughs> Yet he still managed to make great photos, right? And yep. now you have all these cool things, whether it's the cameras, it's the software, it's the community and all these things. So yeah, use them and don't be afraid of them. The, the I saw... The and I don't know if you saw this ad campaign that uh, Nikon put out, and I'm a Nikon yes. shooter, so I'm I'm pro yeah. Nikon, right? Yeah. So they put out this campaign on uh, basically the gist of the campaign was don't give up on reality yet, right? Because everyone was doing this mid journey stuff and got it, you know, all these cool things, and mm -hmm. Nikon put out this basically it was an ad campaign that showed, uh, and I'll find it, I'll put it in the the Twit blog post as well, but they've they the the commercial that they put together or the piece was showing real locations fantastical locations around the planet that nikon photographers had captured and then they prompted yeah. them so they wrote a prompt that you would have written to generate that kind of image but yeah. of course it was a real image right yeah so i thought that was good that was an interesting take on it but at the end of it they had a screen up that had you know how they put the text on the screen and they had a text they had a text on the screen that said this campaign inspired hundreds of photographers to go out and shoot in reality or something like that and the first thing i thought was only hundreds <laughs> only hundreds of photographers for one i mean you know you look at mid journey and adobe and all these different companies that are springing up millions and millions of millions of yeah. people are trying these things so hundreds is a drop in the bucket so i wouldn't have leaned into that if i were you nikon uh, and on the other side of it, I was thinking, why are you, why are you raging against the machine? Literally, right? Why not, why not change the, the, the narrative of the conversation to be something like, look at what these amazing Nikon photographers are doing with their amazing images that they shot with their Nikon cameras and then, you know, used AI to do these things with, right? So kind of leaning into it instead of trying to vilify it. I think vilifying the the AI tech right now where there's generative or 
large language models or whatever is a losing battle. Right. It's like trying to stuff the toothpaste back in the tube. It's not going. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just yeah. brush your teeth. <laughs> so I, I'm also a Nikon user, um, and I still love my Nikons. I always will. But yeah. did you notice that uh, after that campaign came out, that a lot of the photos were sourced from Flickr and not actually I, shot for the campaign? I did <laughs> not see that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm so telling. so it was a it was a it was a very clever campaign. I was like loving it as I watched the video and then I saw the news about how it was literally like some of it was just was even creative commons. Like yeah. unpaid. So that's I mean Oh, that's that's yeah. so sad. You know, that's interesting. That's a, a, the thing about Flickr and one of the powers that people kind of overlook that Nikon inadvertently leveraged, right? And that's mm -hmm. the fact that the metadata for the photos that you upload, if you choose it to be, yep. but by yeah. default, the metadata for your photos, the the focal length, the lens you use, the camera yeah. body you use, the, the exposure information, et cetera, et cetera, all is all recorded and yeah. and displayed beautifully with your photo searchable. and searchable. <laughs> so like Nikon did, you could say, you yeah. know what, I want to see what what is the world shooting, you know, what are people shooting with, with Nikon Z9s? You know, yeah. with the 50, you know, with the 50, yeah. 50 mil lens, Nikon Z9s. You know what? What are they doing in San Francisco? Photographers shooting Nikon Z9s in San Francisco That's last That's month Creative only. Commons available for commercial use. <laughs> that's Creative Commons that I can use <laughs> in my thing, right? So, yeah. boom, there you go. So, it's, yeah. it's all there. So, like, the, the Flickr yeah. platform and SmugMug are, are, are built, it sounds cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway by photographers for photographers yeah. and those those are the things that photographers want right you want to yeah. i see a beautiful picture that i would like to try and do something like that instantly i want to know what you shot it with you know not so much the camera body but what lens and exposure and all yeah. that other stuff so i think yeah. one of the things Flickr may consider i don't know if they're considering it now but uh i know when i around when i first joined the company they had Flickr had spun up a whole new category to uh, allow people that were generating video game photography to upload and categorize. So like in software like uh, or games like um, Horizon Zero Dawn, right? So beautiful game, open world game, has a feature in there where you could just wander around and pull out a virtual camera and take a photo of the scene. Turns out that's right. your photo. That is yeah. now your photo. So you can take that photo and upload it to Flickr as your photo, and it'll be categorized appropriately. So I'm thinking, you know, AI is probably next, right? To have something up probably. there that, that you know, you yeah. can flag it as a, if it's not already there, it may already be yeah. there. They're fast. Uh, yeah. But, you know, something that you can, you can search for all the photos that were generated by AI or even a particular AI algorithm. Like, oh, this is from yeah. OpenAI, uh, or Dolly. No, not open AI, yeah, but yeah. Dolly. Yeah, this is yeah. from Dolly. This is from Midjourney. This is Firefly. Yeah. Whatever. So. It's it's only a matter of time. It's got to yeah. it's got to go that direction for sure. But absolutely, um, absolutely, awesome. Well, let let's wrap things up. Thank you, Frederick. Yes. Um, this has been this has been fantastic. I can't wait we to get this again. episode out. <laughs> we will do this again. Yeah, yeah. This this absolutely. we'll have to we'll have to talk about this as we edit the episode. But this might have to be a two parter because this, this is a long one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, but, uh, on Twip, it'll be a one-parter because I'm going longer okay. with the episodes. You know, uh, uh, little news is, 
So I the the way TWIP is going to evolve over mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks is you remember back in the day I was TWIP was essentially roundtable discussions with mm-hmm. multiple photographers in the room discussing a particular yeah. topic. Um, so going back to that, which is inherently longer form, right? So we're mm-hmm. going to move to that. But then also the one-on-one interviews will continue. So we'll have those on the, on the feed as well. Uh, and now I'm adding on, on the short form side, the YouTube channel will start evolving into more small tidbits of information, whether it be a review of a particular piece of software like yours or um, some piece of kit, like some, you know, a new lens or some new bottle for yeah. the camera that came out. So we'll do short form product reviews, maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. We'll start nice. going up on the YouTube channel. So all that stuff is kind of represents the the next evolution of TWIP, kind of regressing in one area, going back to the round table and mm-hmm. pressing forward in another area, kind of embracing yeah, YouTube. Diverse set of of uh, of shows of like parts of the show. I think it's great. We're, we're I'm planning the similar things, um, not what you're doing, but like similar segments type of things for for workflows as well. Um, oh, that's awesome. Um, that's cool. I'm gonna be the next one that's gonna be coming hopefully soon, shortly after this episode airs, is uh, what we're calling workflows mentors, where we're gonna have one on one conversation with a mentee and a mentor talking about whatever they're struggling oh, I like with. That. Uh huh. Like you're, you're not allowed yeah. to steal that from me. <laughs> oh. Chad GPT, give me words that are similar to mentors. That I... <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so awesome. This has been yeah. a that's been a, a long long thing in the works, but uh, I can't wait till it's um finally like out there, out there for yeah. people. To, no, it's so much to do. To enjoy because if so one person have do, a problem, man. yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Love this it. has been fantastic. I I'm I can't wait for this episode to air um on on our my side on your side it's gonna be great um yeah hopefully we can do more of these in the future hopefully people enjoy this this crossover type of thing and we can make it make it happen more absolutely i'm down man yeah just say the word and i'm there this is this was a this was a good time and um yeah and folks if if you want to connect with me obviously i'm at thisweekinphoto.com is the is the podcast and all the good things hundreds like i was saying hundreds and hundreds of episodes up there with uh, you know, a ton of people from the industry, all corners of the industry are up there. So if you feel like listening to conversations similar to this, you know, about mm-hmm. various topics, just head over to thisweekinphoto.com for that. But then also on the, if you're a pro photographer, definitely check out Smug Mug, which is my sister company. I, I can't say enough about how meticulous they are about caring for photographers' images and empowering photographers to, if they want to generate income from their photography, helping them do that. And then on the Flickr side, you know, all the things we talked about, I mean, just, just the metadata piece, you owe it to yourself just to go over there, even if you don't sign up to poke around and explore and see what people are doing with your particular camera and lens to get inspired. Like, Oh crap. I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) You know, And then go out and shoot. So yeah, yeah, check it, check it all out. Lots of stuff to look at. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, for on the Imagine side, uh, if if you are looking for somebody, uh, software that is going to help you with your post-production to speed things up, let you get back to, you know, going out and traveling and going out and spending time with family, um, which is on what I'm about to do when we stop recording and uh, do, you know, whatever it is you want to do or do work on all the things in your business, then check out Imagine. It's just imagineai.com. Um, you'll find the podcast there and, and all the other stuff. And again, you can try Imagine for free. You don't need to pay us to try us so love it yeah love it. um so this has been fantastic i am i am we're gonna let's let, 
I'm just going to hit stop. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Frederick, this was amazing. Thank you so much for this incredible conversation. I can't wait to do more crossover episodes with you, with, with you and the TWIP community. It's, it's, been, it's been real. So awesome. This is so good. You have been listening to Workflows, presented by Imagine. To hear more from Workflows, to find links to our guests, and for an exclusive offer for Workflows listeners, please go to imagineai.com slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.